0: You are now tuned into The Point, the radio show that explores the Bible, studies its meaning, and affirms your faith with solid Bible teaching. The Point is sponsored by Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church of Early Texas. Grace Point meets for Sunday school at 10 a.m., morning worship at 11 a.m. Grace Point meets at the Early Chamber of Commerce while their new worship facility is under construction. More information can be found online at pointtolife.wordpress.com or by mailing Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church at P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas, 76803. That's Grace Point Missionary Baptist Church, P.O. Box 3134, Early Texas 76803. And now, with this week's study of the scriptures, here's Pastor Leland Acker.
1: Continuing now our study through the Bible, we turn our attention to Genesis chapter 25. Genesis chapter 25, we will be reading verses 20 through 34. Genesis chapter 25, verses 20 through 34. In Genesis chapter 25, verse 20, the Bible tells us, And Isaac was 40 years old when he took Rebekah to wife, the daughter of Bethuel, the Syrian of Petitaram, the sister to Laban, the Syrian. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren, and the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebekah his wife conceived. And the children struggled together within her, and she said, If it be so, why am I thus? And she went to inquire of the Lord. And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two manner of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And when her days to be delivered were fulfilled, behold, there were twins in her womb. And the first came out red all over like a hairy garment, and they called his name Esau. And after that, his brother came out, and his hand took hold on Esau's heel. And his name was called Jacob, and Isaac was threescore years old when she bare them. And the boys grew, and Esau was a cunning hunter, a man of the field, and Jacob was a plain man dwelling in tents. And Isaac loved Esau because he did eat of his venison, but Rebekah loved Jacob. And Jacob sawed pottage, and Esau came from the field, and he was faint. And Esau said to Jacob, Feed me, I pray thee, with that same red pottage, for I am faint. Therefore was his name called Edom. And Jacob said, Sell me this day thy birthright. And Esau said, Behold, I am at the point to die, and what profit shall this birthright do to me? And Jacob said, Swear to me this day. And he sware unto him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. Then Jacob gave Esau bread and pottage of lentils, and he did eat and drink, and rose up and went his way. And thus Esau despised his birthright. Abraham, by the time we get to this point in Genesis chapter 25, has passed away. And so with Abraham having passed away, God's promise and covenant has been handed down to Isaac. And remember, Isaac is the son that was the promised son to Abraham, through whom all the promises that God made to Abraham would come. And so the godly blessing that had been given to Abraham and the covenant that had been given to Abraham, that he would bless him, that he would be the father of many nations, and that he would bless those who blessed him and curse those who cursed him. That covenant and that blessing has been handed down from Abraham to Isaac. And it would be up to Isaac to father the nation that would bring forth the Messiah. It would be up to Isaac to father the many nations that were promised to Abraham. It would be up to Isaac to carry out the godly legacy. But Isaac's wife, Rebecca, whom he loved very much, could not bear Children, and seeing this situation, Isaac turned to the Lord, and we see Isaac turning to the Lord in Genesis chapter twenty-five, and the Bible tells us that he entreated the Lord for Rebekah. He entreated the Lord, and we'll talk about what that means. That he entreated the Lord, and he re- he entreated the Lord on behalf of Rebekah, and as a result, she bears children. Now, when Rebekah becomes expectant, she be- she becomes expectant with two children, with t- with twins. And they struggled within her womb. And so she was trying to figure out the meaning of that. And so the Bible tells us she inquires of the Lord. She inquired, she asked, she followed, she learned. And then we see the life of the two twins, and one of those twins valued the things of God more than the others. And so that's what we're going to look at here in Genesis chapter 25. We are going to look at the concept of seeking the Lord. Just as Isaac sought out the Lord for Rebekah, just as Rebekah sought out the Lord for understanding, just as Jacob sought out the Lord's blessing, we too should be seeking the Lord. And so let's talk about how we do that. First of all, you seek the Lord by entreating the Lord. Entreating. Verse 21. And Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife because she was barren. And the Lord was entreated of him, and Rebecca his wife conceived. Notice what the Bible says in verse 21: Isaac entreated the Lord. It doesn't just merely say that Isaac prayed to the Lord. Isaac prayed to the Lord probably three, four, five, maybe up to ten times a day. I mean, prayer was a way of life for these people. I mean, they prayed in the morning, they prayed at noontime, they prayed in the evening. Of course, many of us pray three times a day, usually when we're sitting down to a meal. I mean, prayer was something that you did and something that you do if you're one of God's people. And so prayer is one thing, but what Isaac does here in verse 21 is he entreats the Lord. He entreats. What does that word entreat mean? The word entreat comes from a Greek word that describes a very serious prayer, which involves the burning of incense worship, and the petition of the Lord. And so this is one, this is not a prayer that you would say sitting down to a bucket of fried chicken after church on a Sunday afternoon. This is a prayer where you separate yourself out from everyone else and from the rest of the world, and you spend time alone with God. You worship God, you praise God, you acknowledge his will and his purpose, and, and you acknowledge his power in all things. And you lift your request up to him with thanksgiving. Entreating the Lord is a very serious prayer involving the burning of incense, not necessarily that we have to burn incense today. Back in those days, the burning of incense symbolized your prayer being lifted up. But it's a very serious prayer involving worship and a petition of the Lord. It's a very heartfelt prayer that praises God and expresses thankfulness to him while making a request. And it's a prayer that remembers who God is, a prayer that thanks God, while expressing a need. And so you have Isaac here. Now, Isaac is the promised son to Abraham who is now passed. And Isaac here, he has been taught by Abraham that uh, through him would come a seed through whom all the nations of the earth would be blessed. He told, uh, Abraham no doubt taught Isaac that the day would come that he would father children who would go on to become many people who would become a nation. And so Isaac understands the promise that he is living under, He understands that he is living for and serving a gracious, loving God who is doing mighty things in the world. And God was working through his family to do that. And Isaac understood this. And so when Isaac prayed to the Lord, when he entreated the Lord on behalf of Rebekah, he was very likely bringing all that back to mind. He was very likely praising God for having chosen his family to be the family that would bring through the blessing to the entire world, he was likely praising God for giving him life in the first place and thus fulfilling a promise to his father. He was likely praising God for bringing Rebecca into his life in the first place. The Bible tells us that when when Sarah passed away, that Isaac mourned for her. But when Isaac was introduced to his wife, Rebecca, and they were married, the Bible tells us that Isaac was comforted. You see, Rebecca to Isaac was more than just a wife, a companion, a soulmate, whatever. She was everything to him, and God had given her to him, and and he was likely praising God for that. It's a prayer, entreating, is a prayer who remembers who God is, thanks him, and then expresses a need. And so here you have Isaac, he is entreating the Lord. And he entreats the Lord for his wife, Rebecca. Now notice when Isaac entreats the Lord, when he has this very serious get-down-to-business prayer with God, he's not asking for something for himself. Notice that Isaac is not asking for a son, as Abraham did back in the, earlier in the book of Genesis. Notice that Isaac is not praying that God would deliver him from a situation. Notice that Isaac is not praying that God would bless him with a certain accomplishment or riches. You know, we have the uh, prayer of Jabez. You know, we, we like to pray that the Lord would increase our territory and, and, and all of that. And, and Isaac's not praying for any of this. Isaac is entreating the Lord for his wife, Rebecca. He's not seeking anything for himself. He's praying for his wife. And here's the situation with Rebecca. Because this goes beyond... You know carrying out the lord's will and everything else rebecca is facing a personal crisis here because back in those days women were honored based upon the children that they had not necessarily the quantity although he needed to have some but women were honored for the quality of children that they brought up and being barren being unable to have children was a disgrace to a woman in those days. And Rebecca, like most young ladies of that day, wanted to give her husband children. But she was unable to have children. And you see this emotion played out in the book of 1 Samuel when you read about Hannah. And Hannah had a husband that loved her. Hannah had a husband that adored her. But yet Hannah couldn't have children. Hannah couldn't give her husband a son. And Hannah couldn't give her husband children. Therefore, Hannah wasn't happy. Hannah felt as if there was something missing, something empty. All right, and so that's where Rebecca is at this point in time in the book of Genesis. And so Isaac is entreating the Lord for his wife, Rebecca, not so that Isaac can have children that he can look on and say, There's my boy. But Isaac wants Rebecca to feel whole. Rebecca had made Isaac whole, Rebecca had healed Isaac, Rebecca had comforted Isaac. In the aftermath of the death of his mother. And Isaac wanted to see Rebecca made whole in that same way. Isaac loved Rebecca. And therefore, he prayed for her. He entreated the Lord on her behalf. And as I read through this passage, I began to wonder, is this something that I do? And sadly, this is not something that I do on a regular basis. I do pray fairly often, but as far as entreating the Lord, we're talking about this serious prayer where you worship, where you thank, where you thank, where you thank, T H A N K, my Texas accent's getting in the way of me here. But where you worship, where you thank, where you. Entreat where you ask, where you lift up that petition to God, that request to God, while at the same time declaring His greatness and His glory and, and the blessings that He's already poured out on you. Not because you're trying to butter Him up, but because you are remembering the awesome presence that He has had in your life. When was the last time you did that? When was the last time that you went into your room? Jesus said when you enter into your closet. When was the last time that you isolated yourself from the rest of the world, got quiet, allowed your environment to get quiet, put the cell phone away and quit checking for messages and social media and email and and that sort of thing, maybe even silenced the phone, cut everything off, and just spent time with God? When was the last time that in that quiet moment, You laid everything out for God. You laid everything on the line. You brought to mind what he has done in your life, what he has uh, performed in your life, the great things that he is doing in the world while at the same time you're expressing to him a need. When was the last time that we got down to business with God in this way? Well, that's too long. Philippians chapter four, verse six says, Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. Philippians four six is an often quoted verse. Be careful for nothing, but in everything by prayer and supplication with thanksgiving, let your requests be made known unto God. To be careful for nothing means to be anxious for nothing. We don't stress out. We don't worry. Worry is a waste of energy. Worry robs you of the joy of the moment. Worry takes your eyes off of the blessings that God has given you and face them on a problem that may very well be non-existent. A lot of things going on in my life. Um, I mean, nothing tragic, nothing to write a book about, but there are, there's a lot happening. And recently I had the opportunity to take the family to the beach in Galveston and just enjoy time with my wife and kids, which uh, that time is very limited and in spare supply these days if i had spent the weekend worrying about the things that awaited me when i returned to brownwood early i would have missed out on the joy of those moments that's what worry does to you and the fact is that 99.9 percent of the things that you worry about will never happen the things that are going to change your life are the things that broadside you at four o'clock on some idle tuesday so worrying is wasteful And so the Bible tells us this. Be careful for nothing. Be anxious for nothing. Don't worry about anything. But in everything by prayer and supplication. That word prayer has to do with prayer as part of worship. So you're worshiping God. And supplication is a petition. You're asking for something with thanksgiving. So you're being thankful for the things that God has done for you. And you're expressing that thankfulness to God. While you're doing all this, you're letting your request be made known unto God. You are praising god worshiping god declaring his greatness and calling to mind the wonderful things he has done for you while at the same time you are expressing that concern that need you are praying for somebody else it's an act of worship do we pray in that regard do we do this do we worship when we pray do we pray in a worshipful manner Do we pray in faith? Do we pray knowing that we are praying to the God of heaven, to the creator of all things, to the king of kings and the Lord of lords? Do we pray knowing that we are talking to him? And do we pray for others? Or are we selfish in our prayers? When we have this worshipful prayer mindset, the Bible teaches us that God responds to that kind of prayer. When Isaac entreated the Lord for his wife, Rebecca, when Isaac did all of this, Rebecca conceived and had twins. I mean, you talk about a blessing. Woo! I mean, that's something. Twins. <laughs> you know what? I've got seven kids of my own. I don't have any twins. I'm, I'm thankful for the Lord for that. Uh, it, it, can be, uh, it can be quite a handful. A, a blessing. A double blessing. But a handful nonetheless. God responds to this sort of prayer. When you pray seriously, when you pray in worship, when you pray declaring God's greatness, when you pray in faith, when you block out the rest of the world and actually spend time with God in prayer, worshiping him and communing with him, the Bible teaches us that he responds to that. And so do you do that? Does your prayer life have power? Does God respond to it? And so we see entreating the lord seeking the lord means entreating the lord worshiping him and thanking him and, and declaring his greatness while we lift our concerns and our cares and our request up to him the second thing we do while we seek the lord is we inquire of the lord in verse 22 and the children struggled together within her and she said if it be so why am i thus and she went to inquire of the lord now, when it says she went to inquire of the Lord, this is not just a one time prayer. The Hebrew word for inquire indicates that she frequently prayed to God, that she followed God, that she spent time with God to learn of God, that she researched God, that she studied God. She worshiped, she trusted, she asked. On a long term basis, she committed herself to learning of the Lord. She knew there was a special blessing on her family. She's having twins. The twins are having a WWE SmackDown wrestling match inside of her tummy. She wants to know what this means. She inquires of the Lord. She follows him. She worships him. She trusts him. And she inquires of him. And as a result, God gave her understanding. In verse 23, the Bible tells us, And the Lord said unto her, Two nations are in thy womb, and two men of people shall be separated from thy bowels. And the one people shall be stronger than the other people, and the elder shall serve the younger. And so what she learned was there were going to be two nations that came out of her, and one was going to be God's people, and the other was not. She had understanding, because she inquired. She frequently play, prayed to God, she followed God, she learned of God. The Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter three, well, there's yeah, the Bible tells us in Proverbs chapter three, verse five, trust in the Lord with all thine heart, and lean not unto thine own understanding. Just like Rebecca, we are to trust the Lord. We are to worship him. We are to follow him. We are to inquire of him. We're not out here to try to figure it out on our own. If you're trying to understand the Lord, or you're trying to understand what's going on in your life, you're trying to understand what's going on in the world today, if you're trying to find it by scrolling through Facebook and reading third-rate websites, you're not going to find the answers there. You will only find the answers if you inquire of the Lord. And that means to worship him. And worship is something that we do as individuals, but it's, uh, it's, it's something that we are commanded to do together as people, to be part of a church that worships, that gathers together and worships. Do you gather together with your local church and worship the Lord? You're at step one. Secondly, we are to follow him. To follow means to learn from, to study, and to learn from and to apply his precepts to your life. And then the third step in gaining this understanding is to inquire of him. Pray to him. Don't just try to sit back and figure it out on your own. Because if you try to figure it out on your own, you are going to wind up in error and you're going to wind up in total confusion. Jesus said in Matthew eleven twenty nine, 29, take my yoke upon you and learn of me. For I am meek and lowly in heart and ye shall find rest unto your souls. This was Jesus' invitation to link up with and to follow him. And to follow means to learn. So the question is, do you follow Christ? Have you linked up with Christ? Do you know Jesus Christ is your personal Savior? Listen, if you have never turned from your sins and trusted Jesus Christ as your personal Savior, if you've never had that moment of conversion, if you cannot remember that moment where you were convicted of your sins and you turned away from your sins and called out to the Lord for salvation, if you cannot remember that turning point in your life you have to ask yourself did that turning point ever exist and did that ever happen and if it hasn't happened then you've never trusted jesus christ as your personal savior you don't obtain salvation slowly over time by doing godly things or by going to church or by quote unquote being a christian you you become saved by by a momentary decision a turning point decision where you make the decision to turn from sin and to trust the lord It's a momentary decision. And there is a change when you do that. When you turn from your sins, you trust Jesus to save you. And a lot of people express this through a prayer. They express this through a prayer asking the Lord to forgive them of their sins and to save them. Uh, some, some put it this way. Some say to ask Jesus into your heart. You can use those words if you understand what it is that you're asking Jesus to do. If you understand that in asking Jesus to do that, you are turning from your sins and you are making a commitment to him to be one of his people, to be one of the sheep of his pasture. You can ask him into your heart if you understand that that's the decision that you're making. Have you ever had that moment? If you've never had that moment, you have never linked up with Christ. You've never taken his yoke upon you. And so that's the invitation Christ gives, is to take the yoke upon you, to follow Christ. And in so doing, you will find rest in your soul. James chapter one, verse five says, if any of you lack wisdom, let him ask of God that giveth to all men liberally and upbraideth not, then it shall be given him. If you lack wisdom, ask of God and he'll give it to you and finally we see the importance of valuing the things of God in verses 31 through 32 and Jacob said sell me this day thy birthright and Esau said behold I am at the point to die what profit shall this birthright do to me the birthright in question was the blessing God had given to Abraham that was passed down to Isaac which one day would be passed down to his heir now being the recipient of this birthright meant that the you would be blessed by God that you would be prospered by God that God would take care of you physically and Esau liked the physical aspects of that blessing but he had no regard for the spiritual aspects of that blessing and the reason I say that is, he says what profit shall this birthright do to me at this point I'm at the point to die what profit shall this birthright do to me Esau had no regard for what that birthright meant after his passing he was interested in what the birthright could do for him in this world had no regard for what the birthright could do for his posterity and what the birthright meant to those who came after him. So he had no regard for the birthright. He had no regard for the blessing that God had put on his family. So therefore, he sold the birthright for a bowl of red bean soup because he didn't value its posterity. He said, it'll do me no good after I'm dead. He sold it for a meal because he didn't value its posterity. He didn't value the things of God. In verse 33, the Bible says that Jacob said, swear unto me this day, and he swearing to him, and he sold his birthright unto Jacob. And then in verse 34, the Bible says, thus Esau despised his birthright. God had placed on the table an opportunity, the opportunity, to be the father of his chosen people and to be an ancestor of Christ. And Esau said, well, that's not gonna feed me today. He sold it out. Esau had no regard for that and when you read the life of Esau and you read into his life and you look at what happens with his descendants, God never forgot the fact that Esau had no regard for the covenant that God had made with Abraham, for the blessing that God had placed on Abraham, for that blessing that was passed down to Isaac and that blessing that could have been passed down to him. Esau had no value for the things of God. Do you value the things of God? Do you value eternal life? Do you value spiritual things? Or is your life determined upon what can happen for you in this moment? All too often we fall into that trap. We get caught in the here and now. That's what happened to Esau. He was in the here and now. He was hungry. He was very badly hungry. He was famished. Do you ever get hungry to the point that your hands kind of tremble a little bit and you feel weak and you know you're not thinking straight? Do you ever get hungry to that point? Uh, that's where Esau was, been out in the field all day, been out hunting, been, and had evidently had, had an unsuccessful hunt, and was uh, struggling a little bit, and so he took his eyes off of God, and he put his eyes on his empty belly, and that's what became the most important to him, and if we're not careful, we can make the same mistake. If we're not careful, we can be concerned about the empty bank account, we can be concerned about the career path, we can be concerned about the water heater that's going out we can be concerned about the dryer that doesn't quite work right, we can be concerned about the boss who's wanting to run you out the door, we can be concerned about the company that's taken over your company, we can be concerned about the politics and whether or not the Republicans will win the next election or whether or not the Democrats will win the next election, we can be concerned about all these things and get so concerned about the things of this world that we forget about the things of God and we forget about the hope that God has placed on us And when we're in that situation, we are in danger of being in the same place as Esau, disregarding the eternal nature of things and the eternal implications of things and just taking the easy way out to enjoy temporary relief or temporary pleasure from the things of this world. Do not make that mistake. As we look here in Genesis chapter 25 and we see the account of the birth of Isaac's two sons, Jacob and Esau, and we see about how Isaac entreated the Lord for Rebekah, how Rebekah inquired of the Lord, and how Jacob valued the things of God more than Esau did, we can learn a lot. We can learn a lot about our interaction with God. We can learn a lot about seeking the Lord. We can learn a lot about being at peace with the Lord. And so here's what we learn from all this. First of all, we learn that we need to entreat the Lord. We learn about the value of worship. We learn about the value of Thankfulness. We learn about the value of proclaiming God's greatness in our lives. And then while we're proclaiming that greatness, while we're recognizing the wonderful things that He has done for us, and while we're praising Him for it, we are also lifting up our cares and concerns to Him. We learn about entreating the Lord. We also learn about inquiring of the Lord. Rebecca had a situation, she was confused about it. She knew that there was eternal implications to what was happening with her and within her body and with her two sons and so the Bible tells us she inquired of the Lord and the wording for inquire once again remember that the wording for inquire means that she worshipped him she followed him she studied him she asked of him and we learn that as we seek the Lord and as we interact with the Lord not only do we pray with thanksgiving and worship but we also spend time learning of the Lord and getting to know him and getting to know more about him and then asking him for the wisdom that he freely gives to us. And finally, we learn that we need to value the things of God, to value the eternal nature of things, the things of this world will all be done away with. And we'll get to a point in eternity where we won't care about the things of this world. So don't put undue importance on the things of this world today. Put importance on the things of God and things that have eternal significance like where you're going to spend eternity. Those are the things that we learn from Genesis chapter 25
0: you've been listening to the point the radio show that explores the bible studies its meaning and affirms your faith with solid bible teaching the point is a radio ministry of grace point missionary baptist church which meets for sunday school at 10 a.m morning worship at 11 a.m at the early chamber of commerce 104 east industrial drive in early just off highway 377 next to Pate's hardware mail to po box 3134 early texas 76803 may god bless you and thank you for listening